Hi, this is Rob Edwards, and you're listening to From the Rookery End. Welcome to From the Rookery End, a podcast all about a life following Watford Football Club. My name is John, with me is Mike. You know what, John? <laughs> sun, Here we go. The sun's shining, Watford are in the championship, we've got a summer stretching ahead of us. Life's alright, isn't it? <laughs> Jason's here. Yeah, alright. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually outside the Hornet Shop as we normally are when we record these uh, podcasts, because uh, we are about to go in and have a chat to the all-new, fairly shiny, well, he's definitely shiner than us because he's younger than us, Watford head coach. What are we looking forward to finding out, Michael? It's always nice to see, look someone in the eyes, I find, and just sort of getting a, a feel for someone as a, as a person. And my dad always said, you know, you can, you can tell a lot from someone by their handshake and how they, how they treat you when you first meet you. So I'm looking forward to those sort of first impressions, looking forward to seeing how quickly my heart beats when I see just how handsome he is in real life. But... <laughs> more than anything else just to sort of try and find out a little bit about what what makes him tick and and try and work out I guess for myself um, how he's gonna how he's gonna fit into this into this setup here in Watford and hopefully how he's gonna do do next season so just yeah really intrigued to, to meet him and just yeah just try and start to get an understanding of what who is Rob Edwards well, I was gonna ask him about his Netflix preferences but anyway Jace what about you <laughs> <laughs> yeah sort of similar to Mike it's, it's that understanding who the person is you can you can sort of read a lot about these people on on twitter and social media and what people think of them but to actually get to meet someone and talk to them face to face is going to be interesting intriguing and a great opportunity for us to ask the questions that we want to ask well let's head in ourselves in to the depths of vicarage road uh, to have a chat with the new watford head coach mr rob edwards Rob, welcome from the Ukraine. Can we call you Rob? Everyone can call me Rob. And, well, look, you know, I'm sure people behind my back will call me other things as well. But <laughs> yeah, Rob's fine. What would the players call you? Gaffer? No, Rob. I, don't, Rob. I don't like Gaffer. You never thought, you know, pre- you know, championship now, Robert? My mum calls me Robert when I'm in trouble. <laughs> and she's the only one who calls me Robert. Richie sometimes when, he, when I pick up the phone. But I told Richie only my mum can call me that, really. So Rob, Rob's fine. Okay. So your mum and your mates call you Rob. We're going to call you Rob. But what did your mates say? When you said you're going to take the Watford job, I think everyone uh, there's probably a lot of excitement, a lot of you know, wow, are you sure? But <laughs> <laughs> no, generally like a real, real good sense of like, felt like a real people were proud as well and well done and and I've had some loads actually of really nice messages and people sort of the that I speak to regularly who are good close friends and then people who I don't speak to as much but then I've got in touch to say congratulations you know what an opportunity yeah so it's been it's been really nice it's been a great couple of weeks still getting messages every now and again now as well from people just sort of saying look I, I didn't want to get in touch straight away because I know it would have been pretty busy but well done and I wish you all the best so that's been nice Well you like to think that we've heard all the jokes there are about how long Watford uh, head coaches last have you heard any good ones about how long you're going to last someone said something the other day about like didn't something go out there on spec save? I don't know if it was even like some, someone at the club might even said it laughing. You know when, you know when you need to get your eyes tested again is like you know for every four Watford head coaches or managers I think you know that's when you need to to get yourselves back in. But no, look, let's be honest, I get it. You know, cause it's there, it's there, it's happened. 
I'd like to think that I can uh, stay around a little bit longer and I'm uh, certainly planning on doing that. Yeah, I mean, we have to address it, obviously. It's the, it's the elephant in the room, so to speak. But I heard you in one of your early interviews at Forest Green talk, talking about how the previous manager had been there for five years, so you knew you were going to get time there. And I think the phrase you used was, there's no fires to fight. Kind of different here, obviously, off the back of a, a relegation and the obvious issues with the head coach turnover previously. So have you got it clear in your head how you're going to sort of tackle what is a very different project, if you like, to, than to Forest Green? It is, but I only know, I only know how to, be, to do things like one way, which is the way... I am. I just want to be myself. So I'll go. I'll go about things in in a very similar way. And you're right. At Forest Green, there wasn't fires to fight. It was a case of coming in, and everything was almost built and and ready. But then, if you actually think about it now as well, all right, we've had the year that we've had. There's been some changes and and everything else. But a lot of the players, you know, a lot of that, a lot of the the, the players will will remain the same. You know, there'll be obviously some some that will move on. There'll be a a few that will come in, but I don't think like mega wholesale changes. So when I when I talked about you know at Forest Green not being loads of fires to fight, then that, it was it was more around the playing staff and the recruitment, which we all know is very important. I think we brought five people in, and that was it. We got four, we re-signed four people out of the five that we wanted to. A lot of the work got done early. I don't think there's loads of work to be done now, and obviously along with Cristiano, who can you know take a real lead on that as well. Uh, it allows me to focus on trying to help create a good culture and to work with the players as well on on and off the grass and give them uh, and give them our time so i don't feel like i don't feel like i have to do too much differently if i'm being completely honest yeah it's a bigger club that's that's obvious but that's it obviously not daunted which is great and i love the fact you say we already that's, that's <laughs> good and and in terms of that i know we where are we speaking it's it's start of june so a little bit little bit of time until you can really get your teeth into things. I think the players are back at the end of the month. Are you setting out sort of targets for the first, I don't know, couple of days, then couple of weeks, couple of months? Is that how you, you work? You've got little flagpoles that you want to, or targets you want to hit? No, not particularly. I think we work quite fluidly. I think the way I've done it in the past, there might be, there might be times where we, go, we want to set a certain target for, you know, by this stage we would, you know, we want to try and achieve this, but... Again, the way I've worked, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong, you know, because there is different ways. I've worked with, you know, with sort of youth teams and set set targets, and and we've achieved them, and then done it as well, and maybe things haven't gone as well, and then you know, so you can always set yourselves up for a bit of a fall that way. But I'm not saying that's 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 right or wrong, but just I think the way we work will be a it's a process and it's a journey we want to try and go on. By the way, this is, this is first team football, so it's about results. People want to see good performances and people want to see results and want us to get results. That's that's obvious. That's anywhere around the world at first team level. But we do want to go on a bit of a journey together here and, and it's not going to be perfect from day one. And it's never going to be perfect, actually. <laughs> so I need to get that bit right. But hopefully we see improvements as we go and hopefully quite quickly as well. What do you think the hardest thing is going to be? What do you think that first, if you had to predict now, that first sort of big bump in the road... Not that there has to be one, but like you said, it's not going to be perfect. What do you envisage as being perhaps that first initial challenge, that first initial hurdle we've got to get over? So, because uh, in, in in football, I wouldn't call it football management now because I think I'm, I'm a, you know, my role is head coach. I've got a big team of people that are, that, are, that I'm working with, that are my colleagues that we're all in this together. Of course, you know, there'll be times where I've got to lead and make decisions and stuff, but we're all in it together. And I think there'll, there'll be certain things that will come up that we I, I won't even know. 
you know that we we'll be sitting here now and I, there'll be stuff that'll happen and I won't even need to tell you about it as well but there'll be there'll be stuff that'll go on it'll be all the time and but the stuff that you will see the stuff that the supporters will see this you know will be the stuff on the grass obviously so the big challenge is because that's that's ultimately where everyone has an opinion you know there's, there's all of a sudden there's 20 odd thousand opinions and and everything will be the stuff on the grass so if we if we lose a couple of games th- those are the bumps but what I will say is I think people the supporters I think they've got their heads screwed on because I know what they I know they know what they're talking about as well our fans and I think they if they see players that are committed they can accept mistakes and they can accept that we may lose one or two games because you can't win all the time so there's ways to lose is what I'm saying yeah. the difficulty will be if there's a game that we lose and and it's not the way we want to lose and if, if we see you know if we if, if I don't see that commitment and I don't see certain things that'll be tough but hopefully we don't see that as supporters we have had a tough time especially here at Vicarage Road we're talking to you at Vicarage Road here today and I think people will be thinking as already you see in the language amongst supporters and there's no way that you and the, the players would think this but the championship is viewed as a step obviously down from the Premier League easier in inverted commas fixtures so the expectation levels are going to be pretty high are you worried about that and how do you manage that and are you worried about being judged sort of too early in terms of those performances at all no I mean, my expectations are high you know we've got we've got some good players at the, at the football club and yeah I know there's been a tough time we've, we've had a difficult season but that's done now and we've got to accept where we are and I'm sure everyone has and we've got to look forward and be excited and enthused by what's coming now and I think yeah the championship's an exciting league it's still going to be tough games I think we can all accept that it's not going to be a walk in the park and this is not going to be it's, it's not going to be easy by any stretch Football is not easy, just like life and anything that you you know you have to. If you want to achieve something, you've got to earn it. You've got to go out there and earn it and make it happen. And that's what we're going to try and do. But I know there'll be pressure on. But there's pressure in any job in football at first team level, and, and actually, uh, not even at first team level these days. You know, like I don't know, there's Sunday league coaches will be putting pressure on themselves now. Under 11s, won't they? You know, they want to win a game, and the parents will be having a go at them if they're not. And that's just part of it, and that's fine. And when, when you're in this position, the position that I'm in now and, um, and we're working at, then you have to accept that. And I know people want to see results quickly. I do as well. I do. The one thing in football you cannot guarantee is winning. You can't guarantee that. But what we can guarantee is we're going to do everything we, within our power to try to. And um, that's, you know, every day at training. And that's obviously when we go out there on the pitch as well. Your connection with Watford are quite, quite strong almost like you're destined to come, destined to come here. Graham Taylor gave you your, your senior debut at Aston Villa. Yeah, he did. I'd I just turned 20, actually. So I'd, I'd been knocking around the first-team group that year. So I think it was my fourth year as a... So relatively late, if you like, as a you know, YTS, as it was back then. And I think I'd just going into my fourth year. And it was kind of going one way or the other, really. I had one year left on my contract and things just seemed to click. And, and yeah, started to, I was doing well for the reserves, got in and around the first team squad and, and um, an incredible time. The best in many ways now, and I, I, was, I was lucky, I was part of some really good squads and part of a couple of promotions and things like that throughout my career and, 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 and some really good times. But that it always stands out and it was really exciting to be part of that Villa first team squad as a young player. Something I'll always, I'll always remember. And then it, it, 
yeah, I got, I got the opportunity. I thought I was in the first, I was in the squad for a game. I think it was a cup game against Liverpool, but I wasn't. I wasn't on the bench. I was a few of us had gone up to to the the box to go and watch, and then I think Ronnie Johnson got injured in the warm up, and all of a sudden Rob, you got to come down. I was sipping a diet coke, and I was like, oh, go, got to get back down there now. And then the lads were winding me up and saying, get ready, Rob. You know, my clothing's playing tonight. Get your pace out. You know, get ready. <laughs> So I was a bit scared. And I was on the, I was only on the bench. But anyway, my debut came not not too long later. It was against Middlesbrough at home, and um, yeah, I, I played and I played about I think in, in all with some cup games, nine or ten games that season. And I, I'll be forever thankful. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you guys now without him giving me that opportunity. And he gave a few of us young lads that, that opportunity that season as well. Stephen Moore, Liam Ridgewell, and others. You know, and others. And it was a young, it was a young group. My first interaction with him, though, was a little bit different. I was me, two of my mates were, were renting a house. We were we were allowed to rent a house when you were eighteen, and it was a little bit of a mess. Uh, I don't think it was really bad, but it was a little bit of a mess. I think the cleaner had actually complained. So if the cleaner had complained, maybe it was a bit of a mess. You know, the kitchen was a bit of a mess. <laughs> so messy that even the cleaner can't. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we get the You know, my wife will, my wife will probably concur with this as well. You know what I mean? I need to. It come to his attention. You know the house was a bit of a mess, so he brought the three of us in, and, and yeah, he he gave us a good dressing down. That was my first ever interaction with with the manager. He, he, you know, he was pretty clear with what his standards were and how we should behave and how we should represent the football club. You know, and I think is that, that was a, is that something you can do now? Do you think would you to that level of management sort of not encroaching is the wrong word, but your influence going out towards you know their how they live and how they're conducting themselves in their in their personal life. Can you influence that now? Um, well, that, that had come to his attention. So something that's that's brought to my attention. There's no reason why I can't speak to some of the youth team players and tell them, or reserve team players, and tell them that these are our standards and this is this is important. I'd probably have a different way of going about. I'm a different person to to Graham. Certainly, set the standards and behaviours, and that's what we intend to to do as well. But yeah, that, I mean, that was my first interaction with him, and I'm thinking, oh, wow, what have, what have I done? And, but yeah, I mean, I remember him saying at the end of that season where I'd sort of played, and he he, he pulled me in and sort of said, you've, you know, out of the young players, you've made a real impact this year and stuff. Because it, in a way, I was probably not expected to as well. It was just unfortunate I got injured towards the end and didn't play that many games, and actually didn't play then for Villa again because of my ankle injury, and and, and then obviously sort of moved on, but. But yeah, without without him giving me that opportunity, I would I would uh, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you now. Not that I wouldn't be alive. I don't mean it like that. I just mean that I wouldn't have had my you know my career wouldn't have gone the way it did, and I wouldn't be sitting here now. Just saying, if you could have used a Hoover, you might have made your first team debut a bit sooner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you, when you went and did your playing career, that came to an end very abruptly. You know, at, you know, a very young age. But your first sort of steps in coaching came at Wolves with Kenny Jacket. You know, another son of Watford. What was, what was he like to sort of to work under? Could you sort of see the similarities between him and, and Graham? Yeah. Again, Kenny's another person I'm very thankful to. I'd, I was working in the youth team and taking the under-18s and then was asked to, to move up towards, I think, just the beginning of February of uh, my first season, you know, taking the under-18s to work with Kenny. And Joe, um, Kenny's a brilliant person, organisation, top, decision-making um, a real a person that you just never you didn't want to let down I just remember thinking that you know I just always wanted I thought with Kenny you were always on your toes um, you have a morning meeting at 9 o'clock in the morning and all the staff are in there I'm in there as the under 18 coach and Scott Sellers is under 21's coach and we're all in there and you know Kenny's sort of setting out the daily plan and you've always got to be on your toes and be ready you know because you, you might just go who's the best player in the league 
And you're like, oh, you're flapping around, thinking, right, God, I've that. So you've always got to be ready with with Kenny. But we've got. I think we, he, might be, he, he might be at this football club. Like, got, let's let's say that. I think we've got one or two that could have a good shout at that. Yeah, incredibly organised, really hard working, really diligent. Um, and again, someone that I'm very very thankful to. And still in contact with now. It's not someone I speak to all the time, but but he certainly reached out as well when you know when when it was announced. And um, he's certainly someone that I can. I can lean on if needed. Um, so you started off with Telford as manager. What were your expectations of management going into that job? Coming from a big club like Wolves and obviously working with the first team um, for, for a few years there, Telford was the first time, yeah, I was going to lead a senior team. There was still a link with Wolves at the time as well, so it was sort of, which, which was quite good. Probably went in with a little bit of naivety, a little bit of ego as well, thinking, you know, I'll be able to, I'll be able to get this going now and, you know, we'll... Did things like trying to, we tried to, well, we did. We trained a couple of extra days. It was like part time as well. Train on a Monday and a Friday as well. And, you know, we could add analysis and food and try to like bring in a lot of like professional things, if you like, the way I was used to working. Probably, it probably took me too long, A, to get a little bit of, I was probably just complicating things a little bit too much. We had a decent start, tough middle where we had a lot of games called off and, um, we lost a few games and all of a sudden found ourselves in the bottom three which was really difficult good conversations with the staff simplified things a little bit and actually the final sort of I think it was the final 13 games we averaged like two points a game we had like, really good form for the final third of the season so it probably just took me a bit too long to work out really I think but it was a great experience probably probably the best experience I've ever had because it was, a, it was an eye opener probably made me Realise something that Kenny would say quite a lot as well in terms of keeping things simple and being really clear and it also gave me confidence that I can come through some tough times as well and, and come out the end of it stronger so overall it was a brilliant experience people on the sort of outside looking in will go I don't know finish 15th, 16th or whatever it was that's not very remarkable and it wasn't but it was about 11 points more than what we got the year before and you know it was building and helping the club sort of move forward but I had high standards and high hopes going into it and you're sort of thinking that we, maybe we could have done done more but with what where the club was at at the time and, and everything, I suppose you'll look at budgets and all that sort of stuff, um, it was probably quite fair on reflection but an amazing experience, something that I'm really thankful for getting the opportunity of doing. Another tenuous Watford link as well, he managed a Deeney. Yeah, Ellis was brilliant and he was one of the ones actually that came in and helped in that sort of that final third of the season. Ellis and Amari Morgan Smith were two players that were really key that we got in around that time and really helped us. Um so yeah, but you know, he was he was top notch, a real leader as his brother is and um he yeah, he was he was a really good player for us, really good guy. Cool. So you went from there, you had some more age group experience with Wolves and a couple of roles with England and then back into Forest Green. So with those experiences behind you moving into the Forest Green role, what differences did you take in the approach with uh, Forest Green? First of all, like going back in at Wolves was great because working with the 23s, we had to mirror what Nuno and, and, and the staff were doing at the fir- with the first team. So I was able to learn a lot, maybe things that I hadn't worked on before, a bit more you know, things you know, out of possession and, and the way they worked in terms of strength and conditioning and their loading and how they sort of worked and trained. Um, we had to follow the same sort of model. So there was a lot of good learning that you know that went on there for that 18 months or so that I did the 23s. Really good period. And then going in with the FA, again, working with some brilliant coaches, some top people, people from different fields, um, amazing players, which which is great and helps as well. 
great experience. The difficulty there was, you know, COVID happened, as we all know, so it was always a challenge with... with uh, international football can be challenging at the best of times because you're not always working and being out on the grass and then you had COVID in the mix as well. It was it was difficult. Didn't hear the national anthem too often for uh, for those couple of years, but but an amazing experience, you know, and to be able to tap into some of the brains that were there and the, and, the, and the knowledge was was excellent and still can as well. So that was great. Going in then to Forest Green to answer your question, um, with the with all of that stuff in my mind. So Telford not overcomplicating it and keeping it simple. And then what I know is really important to me, and I know is important for I think to have success is to have a good environment and a good culture. And that was what we certainly tried to do at Forest Green. So straight away it was about building rapport with the players, with the staff, connection with the supporters and making sure that everyone knew that we were we were there for them, we were going to give them our, our time. I, I like to back ourselves on the grass, that we're going to be organised and we're going to know what we're doing with and without the ball on the grass. And I think anyone working at a certain level should, should you know, that, that, that should be a given. But the stuff then, the imp- that, I think the important stuff, building a connection and having a rapport and a, a relationship with the players and the, and the, and the staff is, is key. Can I ask you about, about attitude just quickly, Rob? Because one of the quotes that struck me about you when you talked about your play, playing career, you said you sort of ran out of steam a little bit with your injuries and you ultimately said you were a player that forged a career on a good attitude. Mm-hmm. How hard or easy is it to instil that in your players and how hard or easy do you think it will be here? Because there are players who have had a tough season, players who might be looking to get away, players who've got different focuses um, and their attitudes might be different. So... On the face of it, on paper, having a good attitude is quite simple. But in reality, in football, it's, it's not. So how do you translate your approach to that to somewhere here where there's just different... You know, it's so different to what you've, you've, you've dealt with before. I don't think it is, though, because every player is an individual. And yeah. fo- football's about just dealing with individuals. So I'll treat them all as individuals and with respect and, and honesty. And I'll expect the same in return. So I don't think it is too different. They're just people. They're not footballers, they're human beings. So getting to know them, getting to know what, what makes them tick, what do they want to get out of it, uh, how do I help you with that as well? I think that's the way I go about it, that's the way I do go about it, and that's what I've done in the past and that's what I'll continue to do. So I don't see it being, you know, if I was working with any team in the world, that's the way I would go about it. So yeah, there's, there's, there'll be some people who you know, might think, well, I want to go this way, there's some people, but I've got to try and align that. But any, you walk into any football club around the world, there'll always be people who think I'm better than this or I'm, I, I'm, I'm not sure where I fit within the group at the moment or you know, people who are doubting themselves. And It's about trying to get to know them, trying to align our thoughts as much as possible, but also listening to them and, and, and seeing like, how do I get the best out of you? And that's the way I'll go about it. So let's get to know you a bit, you a bit look better. Who, who was your first footballing hero? Pelé. Um, not that old, younger than us. <laughs> uh, no, I believe, I, it was. My dad, my dad was... Um, we had this Boys from Brazil video oh, yeah. from the 1970s and um, I used to just watch that all the time because that was back when it was like video. There was only four, yeah. four channels at the time, yeah. wasn't there, when, when, when I was young growing up. So she used to put this Boys from Brazil video on all the time and, you know, I naively thought I was going to win three World Cups like Pelé. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, it was him. So who was your favourite team to watch then? My granddad supported Everton, being from North Wales. My dad, again, North Wales, supported Everton as well. So I followed Everton when I was younger. But he didn't get, I didn't get to see loads of them. 
went to a couple of live games but not many and obviously there wasn't as many games on the TV like there is now so I just have to try and watch match of the day you know and, and do what we always we all used to do you know back then and, and um, that was as probably much football as a, as, a, as you'd see I'd try you know every time there was a live game I'd watch it in terms of um, going to see teams live it was more Villa because I was there when I was from about nine or ten years of age and me and my dad would 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 we'd, great you know the school of excellence used to get two tickets so we'd go to that was how we'd get our football fix and go and watch them a lot I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drag you into a slightly more difficult uh, question again I mean asking about your favourite player your favourite team and that sort of links in a little bit to identity and something that Watford supporters perhaps have been crying out for or, or not necessarily understanding is what's the identity of the, of the Watford side what's the what does that mean to you and what does it how can that actually manifest itself is that just a word that we like to use when a team's not winning you, you got no sort of you don't feel connected to them because they're not doing well what does, what does identity mean to, to you I think it's a modern it's a modern thing trend now isn't it because that's, that's what all the best coaches have brought they brought an identity to the, to the football club haven't they yeah. so that's what we want to try and bring but I think any you ask any supporter in the world what they will want to see first and foremost from their team their players is going to be hard work commitment passion you know that's what they want to see before you talk about anything else you know from a tactical point of view that's what they want to see they want to see people running and fighting for each other they want to see people heading it they want to see people blocking it they want to see people tackling they want to see people chasing and sprinting that's what I want to see that's 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 the very least the bare minimum before we even get into sort of like this is how we're going to play with the ball this is what we're going to be like without the ball so let's start with that I want to play a way that suits the players um, because I can't ask someone to do something that they're not comfortable doing or not capable of doing. And, and John's desperate to ask you what you last binge watched on Netflix, so we'll let you, <laughs> we'll, we'll let you get on with the, with, the, with the easy ones in a minute. But on a, a, something that suits the players, in terms of players and recruitment and who's going to be kicking off in late July or August, whenever it was... Have you sought any assurances as to what sort of players are going to be coming in, what will be coming out, and have you got any control over who who might come in in terms of recruitment? How in depth can you be with that recruitment? I'll be I'll be involved in the process. I'll be involved. I might not necessarily have final say on certain things, but that's I don't think unique to football clubs these days anyway. At a certain level, uh, but I'll be certainly involved in it. Um, there will be inevitably there'll be comings and goings there'll be a few people that will move on and I think we'll need to bring a few in but not I don't think ridiculous amounts I don't think that at all um, so I'm involved in that process obviously that process has started and we're talking about it and looking at people and obviously not loads of stuff happens in June because clubs don't really want to be paying people when they're on the beach but yeah we're, we're, we're on with it so I'll be involved in it that's the right thing I think in terms of um, sort of style and all that sort of thing I think with what we've got so far I think what I will do, and I'll say this to you now, like I can't guarantee that it's always it will be a certain shape. I've got a good idea what that will be, but I don't want to commit to that right now because again, it's sort of suit the players. But it, what what we will be is whatever shape we're going to be, will be a certain shape with the ball. So we'll certain players will be in a position on the pitch when we have the ball, and that will be in a position that they're comfortable playing in. And I think that hopefully makes sense. Do you know what I mean? I don't I don't don't want to sort of like. Again, I'm not going to overcomplicate things. Learn from past experiences. I do think now working with more elite players that I can ask more of them and go into a little bit more detail, of course. But 
I want players to feel comfortable when they go out on the pitch. I want them to feel clear. And that's really, really important because they're going to have 20 odd thousand people out there. They can have their own pressures or anything's going on in their minds anyway. So the very least when they go out on that pitch, they can feel clear of what their role and responsibility is with and without the ball. What was the last thing you binge watched on Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I normally watch like whatever um, my wife's watching so and she likes to sort of watch about three different things yeah. all at the same time so I'm like oh, what is it tonight do you know what I mean or, and, I'm, and then I start picking up the wrong storyline because it was, <laughs> it was the one she was watching from the night before so I don't even know what it is at the moment um, but Hopefully yeah. not DVDs of last season. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of, I'm on Scout while she's watching yeah, while she's watching something. It's um no, but we do we do it like it's important I think to get a bit of family time or time with, with the other half as well. So she she's normally in charge of that though. So my mates made the bold claim that you've got the best hair in football. So obviously asking for a friend, what what products do you use to get it looking like that? <laughs> It's going greyer, I know that. Um, but thank you. My wife cuts it as well, so she'll, she, she'll have to take a bit of credit for that. Um, yeah, what product do I have? It's a product called Lanza. Lanza. I'm not going to react to that. No, I can't. I just, yeah, I, I, I swear by it, though. It's very good. But I don't know if I'm we like to even put that out. We've got to say other, other hair products no. are, ava- are available as well, of course. And it's, I mean, you've achieved something already is at, at Watford. My mum, the only time my mum has ever gone, ooh, <laughs> it was with uh, it was with John McClelland, and she did a double when she saw uh, saw you. So just, I'm aware this is a podcast; it's not a visual medium. We'll get we'll get it out of the way. Yes, Rob is as attractive as <laughs> as, as he looks in uh, in all the pictures. So yeah, we're in the in the presence of well, beauty, quite frankly. Brilliant, <laughs> thank double, you. Double who? Yeah. <laughs> From the Rookery End, a podcast about life following Watford FC. That was. A lovely experience, I think. You know, we've, we've met a few Watford managers whilst we've been doing this for, for 12 years. Our 12th birthday it was this last weekend, Michael. Uh, what do you think, though? What, we, what, what, what did you get from him? What, did you, is he the man? Just to point out, it wasn't my 12th birthday, although <laughs> I do act like a spoiled 12-year-old uh, sometimes. First things first, we conducted that interview in the manager's guest room in the, in the tunnel, which was, which was beautiful. And one thing I didn't ask him about, there's some lovely red wine... <laughs> In, in there, and I wondered if that was his his choice or not. But it's fascinating just to get that glimpse into this really well-appointed room, nice, comfy seats, big screens on there, and just to think about the conversations that have had happened there in the past between the sort of managers we've had. You can imagine Matsari chewing the fat with some of it. Oh, the stories! If if walls could tell <laughs> tell stories, um, so yeah, it was it was great to sort of speak to him in what will be his his habitat, and uh, and sort of you couldn't help but think forward as to the conversations he'll be having after. You know, the game with Luton, for example. Anyway, fascinating. But what a, he just seemed like a really genuine, honest guy, really engaging, very confident, made us feel at ease very, um, very quickly. Obviously, great with, with people. Yes, as handsome as, uh, <laughs> as we discussed. Um, but what, I, what shone through for me really was how he strips everything back to the this key thing keep kept coming up for me is attitude and you know I tried to make it a little bit more complicated at one stage I said well how do you how do you make everyone have a good attitude well, it's pretty easy really you say that this is what we expect of you and you work out the best way to make sure that they they deliver that and I think he's laser focused and very very clear that to get the best out of footballers you have to 
understand them but you have to set standards and you have to get that attitude right and that effort and application right as a minimum and I don't think he's saying that because as Watford supporters we've had complaints really about how the team have looked in terms of their of those attributes I think that's genuinely who the man is and I think I'm quite excited to see that sort of imprinted on what on the Watford squad however whatever the makeup of it is for the coming championship season so I just love that sort of solid straightforward approach and I and I you know desperately hope that he's able to to impart that onto onto his charges and he seems ready for it Jason doesn't he with everything that's happened in his past yeah definitely I we, we um, asked him about his sort of career to date a little bit and uh just yeah again sort of just described how you sort of keep things simple and treats the players as human beings and yeah. I suppose it's nice to hear that I'm sure uh, if any of the players are listening they'll be pleased to hear that um, and, just, and that just sort of extended in the way as Mike said the way he made us feel sort of relaxed that sort of very personal approach we talk about that lovely room we were in and because he was so calm and relaxed he, he felt at home there so you're sort of feeling that you feel he is in the right place he is, he is without any football being played so far makes you feel confident with that we've got the right man going into the new season. Your, your comment there, John, he seems ready, I think is is apt because I think there's been a lot of the big question marks, certainly perhaps about amongst non-Watford supporters, because I think I'm quite excited about him. The fact that he's quite a bit younger as mm. well and is, it just feels a bit more fresh in his approach, a bit more contemporary, if you like, in his approach, perhaps at a similar level to the players in terms of his worldview and, and, and that sort of thing. So perhaps a bit more... So his communication, I think, just already feels like it's going to be better. But you, you, is he ready? Is, is something that I think everyone outside Watford has said, you know, ooh, massive gamble for a club like yours that goes through managers like whatever, like a dose of salts to, to, to get someone who isn't ready necessarily for the Championship... He, you know, he is because I think he strikes me as the kind of guy who's always been working towards the next step, the next level. And he's, you know, he, he said, isn't there? He's, he's under no illusions as to how difficult it's going to be, and he knows that there are going to be bumps in the road. But if you think about what he's done, who he's worked with, uh, we talked about GT, we talked about um, uh, about Kenny Jacket. We know what those guys are like, and the knowledge and wisdom and the sort of the what's the word I'm looking for the discipline that they will they will have imparted on him that's not to mention all the other people Southgate you know Mick McCarthy all these other people with he's been surrounded by Ian Holloway yeah. Ian Holloway <laughs> alright my lover um, he's, you know, he's been surrounded by football knowledge and experience sort of his entire career and you can tell he's 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 thirsty for it yeah. and he's confident yeah. in it and you know who's to, used to say you know it's at the start at the top of the show said we're standing out here first day of june bright and sunny we know it's not going to stay metaphorically sunny for the whole season he knows that as well but in terms of what he's able to offer offer this football club at this time which is a bit of healing and which is a little bit of bringing the supporters and the and the team closer together getting the team the squad to to have a single shared goal and a way they're going to achieve it it feels like he he's pretty focused on that and and like jay said and, and as rob edwards said in there it's not complicated they are, and strip it all away and, and stay focused on that and if you can if you can stay true to that and, and, and drown out all the noise that's going to be around the club because there always is um, then hopefully he'll do well but yeah impressive and just a, and also on a personal level nice guy 
which is always it's always great isn't it you think you know he is going to be a um, an ambassador for the club he's going to be trotted out in front of the media increasingly as as summer progresses as we get closer to the season I'm sure he'll be in huge demand he's going to be talking a lot about Watford and you want someone who's going to represent the club that we love in a, in a good way and you can you can definitely say that that he's going to do that so overall impressions hugely hugely positive yeah and of course we're stead outside we can see the statue there of, of Graham Taylor another man who Watford hired after being a manager of the champions of uh, the fourth tier football uh, and coming over to Watford to some amazing success and hopefully even half and yeah even half a 20th of that will be an amazing thing uh, for us as Watford fans just a home win will do thanks Rob (laughs) (laughs) one of those (laughs) thank you very much for listening from the Real Member we'll be here of course all next season and maybe a few things the next couple of weeks in the run up to the start of a very very early championship season remember that don't want to miss the first game of the season come on you horns